Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Not very good grammar, but it's, you're going to get it soon. Intentionally unstuck. Each of us have one life to live, and it's not a dress rehearsal. I want to get unstuck. I want to live free. I want to live the way I was created. And God tells us that he has plans and purposes for our life, and they're, they're good. If you're thinking through, what is, does God have a plan for it? Yes, he does, and it's good. He wants you blessed and not cursed. He wants to favor you and not hold. God is not trying to hold anybody back. And so this morning, I want us to get unstuck. I want us to get free. And, and the reason I say intentionally unstuck is because it's up to me. I have to step into what's already been paid for. And I got to tell you, Christ going to the cross, declaring that it was finished, I want to cash that check. I, I want to I milk that thing dry. I want to live the life that, that was paid for by Christ himself. And yes, the enemy ro- ro- roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he can't devour us because we're in Christ. We're washed in the blood. He's gone before us. We have accepted him as our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, can I have an amen? We're going to get intentionally unstuck. Fantastic. Well, I don't know about you, but I love winter on the Sunshine Coast. I think we, we've got the good life right here. We, we live in paradise. We, we, we literally live in paradise. I've traveled all across the globe, and I love coming home. This is paradise. This is heaven on earth, and we should just get happy about it. We, you know, even on the worst of days, we live in paradise. God is for us. He's smiling down on us. And uh, hey, I just want to mention that I heard Ainsley's message last week was just phenomenal. Where is Ainsley? Is she, she's out the back. If you didn't hear it, check out the podcast because she absolutely blitzed it. Apparently, somebody said it was like, she was like, went off like a frog in a sock. So I don't know, I just, it was awesome. But I was in Sydney, it was my dad's surprise 70th birthday. Uh, but on the Sunday I did, I got to preach twice in one of our city campuses, which was really cool. And uh, What's exciting also this morning is that before you hear from me, we're going to hear from Pastor Phil Pringle, who is the founder and president of our C3 movement. He wanted to bring a a word to all of our churches, and I'm going to come in at the end of that. So uh, why don't we put that video up now, Nick? Thank you. Hi, everyone. Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle. Hi, guys. It's wonderful, wonderful to be sharing this message with you today. Welcome to church this weekend. Yes. What a delight to have you in the house of God. Many guests. We're so glad you made it. We're so glad you're here and looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Chris? Yes, well, look, I am excited that I'm here to introduce my husband. This is an amazing message of prophecy and inspiration to release something absolutely new in the midst of you and all our churches. So I know you're going to love this message today. So God bless you. As we come into Presence Conference in San Diego. Yes, C3 America. In August. Do whatever you can to be there. It's going to be absolutely yes. amazing. Yes, for a real big hug. Not a virtual one like this one, but a real one. So God bless you. Amen. See you there. Well, I, I wanted to share about this uh, amazing gift that God has given to us called prophecy. And it may seem like a small subject, but actually it embraces a vast array of the moving of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit first fell on those 120 disciples, Peter stood up and he said, when the Spirit of God falls, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams 
and handmaidens and servants will prophesy. Actually, the dreaming of dreams and the seeing of visions and prophesying are pretty much all the same thing. And I have no doubt that we are moving into an era, a brand new phase, an incredibly higher level and a higher season of anointing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit than we've ever seen in the history of the world. In C3 and right across the earth, right across all flesh and all the church right around the world, we're going to see a move of God that is completely unstoppable. The moving of the Spirit always brings about proclamations or prophecies. Immediately when they were filled with the Spirit, they all began to speak in other languages that they never learned before. And then the apostles stood up and started preaching, especially Peter. And he prophesied about the wonders of God and the glory of God. And he magnified God in his preaching. He was worshiping God with his preaching. And speaking in a way that is supernatural throughout all of Scripture is called prophesying. In fact, right from the Old Testament, Moses, when he looked back through time, it was an an element of prophesying. He was seeing in the Spirit how the world was created. Right through to the book of John and the book of Revelation written by the Apostle John, he was seeing into the future. And that was also the gift of prophecy. In fact, Jesus, when he was here, he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. Now, when the word prophecy originally comes into Scripture, it means to bubble up, to be like a fountain within. And you'll find that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things will come out of your mouth. Worship, praise, glorifying God, speaking in new languages, supernatural utterances begin to happen. But that word morphed into a new word as well, which meant seer. And that word meant that you could actually begin to see what God was doing and then speak it into being. Inside us, when we're born again, we get a duplicate set of faculties. We get spiritual ears, spiritual eyes, spiritual feelings, spiritual taste, spiritual smell. We can sense God. When we dominate our world with stimulus to the flesh man, to our body, we shut down that spirit man. But when we quieten down our flesh and, and not let it have so much stimulation, we actually awaken those sensibilities and those faculties that belong to the inner man. One of the reasons we close our eyes when we pray is to shut out all that imaging that's coming from the natural world and the inner eye, our inner eyes are opened and we can start to see God and reach out into the Spirit In fact, Paul in Ephesians 3 verse 20, he prays for the Ephesian church. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart are opened. I pray that you get it. That's what really he was asking. The the prayer was that the, the inner eye, the inner vision that God wanted to show them would become apparent. God wants to mingle his thoughts with our imagination. And we should never underestimate the power of imagination in terms of waiting on God. Because once we have started to perceive something and conceive it in our mind, we can then speak it. And many times Jesus told us, rather than just say it and pray it, He wants us to prophesy it into being. He'd say, speak to the mountain and it will move. 
Most often, Jesus would speak to sickness, and he'd say, be healed to a person. He would tell people to do things, and they would act on that word, and they would find themselves in a new level of victory and healing. And that is what I believe God has taken us into as we move into the future. There is a new anointing. There is a fresh oil coming upon C3. Part of that is not just praying, but it is proclaiming. It is prophesying. And I am prophesying that we will see a million people worshiping in our congregations all around the world in the next few years. I am prophesying that we will see a revival and a move of God and an outpouring of the Spirit like we have never seen before. I am prophesying that we are going to see the sick healed, the dead raised. We're going to see blind eyes opened. We're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of teenagers coming to Christ. A massive revival is going to be poured out on the, holy, on the people of God all over the world. And we're going to find that every church will experience an influx of teenagers. The touch of God will not be stopped in this era. The devil can't stop it. People can't stop it. Governments won't stop it. The Holy Spirit is coming on earth like a wave that is unstoppable. And I prophesy that your churches, your churches, your people, your teenagers, your youth, your teams are all going to experience the touch and the power of the Holy Ghost at another level so that you start to see the future and that you start to prophesy those things that God is about to do. We're living in an age when God wants to move in our hearts not just move sovereignly from above. Sometimes we are asking God to do things that He wants us to do and He has told us to do. He has said, you go heal the sick and we go pray, God, heal the sick person. We are the ones with the word of the Lord in our mouth and we can say to this world, be healed in Jesus' name. We can say to the dead, come alive in Jesus' name. We can say to the sick, be healed. We can say to people who are suffering and they're in poverty and they're in difficulty, to marriages that are in trouble, to people who are suicidal. We can bring the Word of God and bring life. The most important thing for me about prophecy is that I believe it's a lifesaver. We live in a world where young people Middle-aged people, older people are struggling to grasp hope. They're struggling to see a future. They're struggling to feel like something good is going to happen to them. And I believe we're living in an hour now where every time people come into church, something good is going to happen to them because we prophesied it, because we said it. We need to clothe our congregations with faith. We need to clothe our lives with faith in the morning to speak over our lives that I am blessed. I am a, a holy. I am on fire. I have energy. I am awake. Uh, I love God. I love church. I love the people of God. I'm destined for greatness. When you start to see these things in your life and you speak them, you will find you transform into the very words that are coming out of your mouth. Never underestimate the power of your tongue. You can create life or bring death with that. You can actually penetrate into heaven with the Word of God in your lips, with the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand. We bring defeat to the devil and we access heaven. God has given us His Word to use. It isn't just to study. It isn't just to memorize. It isn't just to meditate on. It isn't just to teach. It is to use as a weapon. It is to use as a powerful weapon that defeats the devil, 
cuts them in pieces and brings down strongholds. It's also an incredible weapon in terms of coming against our own flesh, coming against all the persecution and criticisms. As you speak that word, you are speaking the very same word that created the heavens and the earth. It has got power in it. The living Word of God has so much power that it created a universe, for goodness sake. When we put His Word in our mouth, like God said to Jeremiah, I put my Word in your mouth. Once that begins to happen and we prophesy, we'll see valleys of dry bones come alive. We will see dead men coming out of their tombs. We will see whole communities transformed, converted by the power of Christ. And our churches set on fire with revival in the prayer meeting. And I'm telling you, there is a revival in our prayer meetings. God is bringing great amounts of prayer into our lives and into our churches. We shouldn't be just praying. We should be prophesying that God is about to move in our own lives, in our families, in our finances, in our circumstances, in our communities with salvation, with blessing, with an abundance in Jesus' name. I'm praying for you right now that the power of the Holy Ghost will fall upon you, your congregation, your families, and you'll experience abundance in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, let the blessing and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest on all of our congregations all around the world in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Fantastic. Come on, let's put our hands together. How good was that? Pastor Phil, as I said, is the, uh, the founder and president of our movement. We've got 570 churches right now around the world uh, in 13 different regions. And I, and I got to tell you, revival is coming to the church. Uh, we were in Pastor Phil's church for 20 years down at Oxford Falls. Uh, and uh, we were basically, we volunteered from day one. We were running connect groups. We were part of the youth ministry. I was on staff for 11 years, and I traveled around the world with Pastor Phil for a good number of those. Uh, and I'm telling you, we are living in exciting days. God is on his throne. He's not nervous about the future. And, and I tell you, I, just, I get filled with faith as I listen to him speak. Because uh, he's a man of faith. And I want to encourage you, faith is contagious. Uh, if you will build yourself up, if you will stir faith on the inside of yourself, it will just seep out of you. It will. If I know anything, it's that faith leaks. And it's good that faith leaks because I just keep topping up my faith. I just keep going back to God, going back to the Word, pressing in in prayer. God keeps pouring out towards me and I just keep leaking onto other people. I want to encourage you, get faith filled. Get full of vision. Get full of the Word. And I love what Pastor Phil was referencing there in John. Joshua 1.8, he says, be bold and courageous. Only be bold and courageous. It says, do not let the law of the Lord depart from your mouth. You see, the Word of God says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will remain. When you get the Word of God on the inside of you and then you release it into the earth, it's a creative force that can't be stopped. I don't know if you realize how powerful you are as, as a man or woman of God, filled with the Spirit. I don't know if you realize the, the creative force that exists on the inside of you to speak towards the future. And, and i got to tell you, I am excited for the future, your future, our future, the church's future. God is awesome. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to start this morning in Acts 1.11. Uh, in one verse one, and it says this, it says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that God wants to bring instruction into our life. 
He doesn't want you wandering around in the dark. He wants to bring clarity and direction to your world. And if we'll attune our ear to the Holy Spirit, God will speak to us and he will reveal things to us that we cannot gain through our natural senses or through our intellect that we can only get through the Spirit. It says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Jesus died and he did rise again. It's proven historically. It says, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Don't leave until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift for our lives from God. God wants you filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants to enable and empower you for the life he's created you and called you to. It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has this time come uh, for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, uh, and they're not for you to know or worry about. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Again, God wants you empowered for life. He wants you to walk around as that unstoppable force, not because of you and what you can do, but because of the Holy Spirit that he brings to you. And so what's Jesus saying here in this passage of Scripture? He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about times and seasons and, and, and what you have, worry about what you need for today. What you need for today is the Holy Spirit. What you need to, for today is what I've already released unto you. What I've already given to you as a gift. What he's saying is, I'm with you now and you're okay. While I'm with you, I'm okay because I'm pushing back the forces of darkness. I'm pushing back against the enemy and his attack. But when I go, I'm going to ask the Father to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, because you need him. We, we need to form a, a desire and a hunger in our lives for more of God and His Spirit. I, I need more of God than I need more wisdom. Because when I got God, I get wisdom. I, I need, I need more, more of God, more of the Spirit of God than, than boldness. Because when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with boldness. And I charge forward towards life, even though it may be into the unknown, even though it may be uncertain. Because God is with me, bringing me peace to my inner man. And i got to tell you, for each of us to truly live the John 10, 10 life, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the enemy is real and he does come against us and he does try and intimidate us, hold us down, push us back. But the Spirit of God will set you free to truly be what he's called you to. And you know what? As pastors, we meet a lot of people and I meet a lot of people that are stuck, stuck in their past, stuck in mindsets, stuck in anger, stuck in grief, stuck in in limiting lifestyles and you know what it shouldn't be that way it should, we as christians we as believers shouldn't be stuck in any of those things because we've been given the spirit of god and a measure of faith which causes each of us to be free and unstuck when you step it says anybody that's in christ the only way i get into christ is by making a decision to get intentionally unstuck I make a decision that, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
I, I'm sick and tired of being pushed back and held down and, and feeling bad. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just enjoy the rest of my life on purpose. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to intentionally get unstuck because I'm just going to believe what the Word of God says over my life, over my circumstances, over my future. Come on, let's put our hands together for God this morning. He's a good God. And you know what? I, what I've realized is if we're ever going to get unstuck, we first need to get undoing. Again, really poor grammar. Because we try and make stuff work. We try and do. And we try and do. And we try and do. And we try. You, you do it. You try and make it work. You try and spin plates. You try and juggle balls, make the ends meet. You're trying to do. Because it's first wait, then do. First wait, because in the waiting, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait until the helper comes. Wait until you receive the promise. Wait until you get the power. When you wait, you get refueled. You get recharged. When you wait, you get what you need for the going. So don't go. Don't do. Wait and then do. Wait and then go. But you've got to get it in the right order. You've got to wait. Nobody wants. I don't want to wait. We live in Noosa. There is no traffic. There's one set of traffic lights. I'm still edgy when we come to a roundabout. Just keep going. Just keep, it's round. Just keep going. If you go and you go and you go, then we'll just go. It's like, just wait. If you wait, you won't crash. Just, just wait. We go down to Sydney and I nearly have a meltdown because now there's 3,000 sets of lights, 10 times the amount of people. Somebody just move, but it's like, just, just wait. Because waiting works. I want to encourage somebody here today. Life's not working because you're not waiting. What you're facing could be conquered if you'd wait and let God to work on your behalf. Isaiah 64 says, God works for those that wait for him. He meets with those who rejoice. So I can spin a lot of plates. I can juggle a lot of balls. I can run really fast. I can do a whole lot of stuff and it's still not work as good as if I waited on him. Because when I wait on him, he orchestrates the miraculous. He makes things work. He makes things line up so that I have the life that he created for me. Isaiah 40, 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints and he doesn't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. How does that work? He's God. He gives power to the weak. He's not running out of anything. Do you know God is not running out of finances? He's not running out of healing. He's not running out of peace. You didn't, oh, you got the last bit of peace, shivers, that's all right, but I'll give you something, Kel. God, God is not running out. Whatever you need, God has in abundance, and he's, he wants to release it. The Bible says every good and perfect gift flows to us from our Father in heaven. And it goes on to say, if you being, who being evil do good things for your kids, how much more will God do for you? Why, why do we stress? Why do we struggle? Why, do we, why is there this tension when we could just wait on him? It says, even the youth shall faint and weary and the young men shall, shall utterly fail, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So I renew my own strength by waiting on him. Because the word tells me that in my weakness, he will be my strength. 
It doesn't make sense to the mind, but when we catch it in our heart, you don't have to strive any further. He's already assured you victory, or he already calls you the head and not the tail. That's what he declares over your life. Will you walk in what he says about you, or will you walk in the immediacy of your situation? But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They walk and will not faint. Do you know what I've come to realize is that we need to unlearn earning, and we need to learn receiving. You don't have to earn peace. You don't have to earn forgiveness. You don't have to earn righteousness and right standing before. You just have to receive it. Because the work of the cross was total and complete. And it's a gift towards your life. We've got to unlearn. I, I don't deserve this. I have to do something to deserve it. No, just receive it. This morning, just receive. We're going to have a, a time of ministry at the end of this. And, and, and if you're feeling stuck in any area of life, I want you to come forward because it was paid for at the cross. I, if you're feeling bound up and, and limited, I want you to come forward because it was paid for at the cross. And the cross was enough. So everybody say, wait, then go. Wait, then go. And as I was saying before, some of us, life's not working because we're not waiting. And, it, and it's not through lack of effort or desire. It's just that you've got tired in trying and now you're at the end of yourself. Just wait. Because sometimes I think, oh, well, if I just give it a week and then I'll get some more energy back and then I'll go again. And so I go again for another month and then I get tired again and I get worn out and I get a bad attitude and I hold on to things I should let go of and I don't let go of the things that I, you know, because I'm not waiting. It's not through lack of effort or desire. It's not because we're lazy. It's because this life can't be done apart from the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this life apart from the Holy Spirit and expect for it to work out like God designed it to. Because you've been designed as a vessel to house the glory of God. That's God's plan and per- is that you would have, that you would, Moses shone. It said that he, have to, he had to wear a veil because he shone because of the glory of God that was on his life. I, I want to look different to people. I want to sound different to people. I, I want to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that it doesn't matter what comes against me because I know that the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It may be formed, but it won't prosper because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm getting excited this morning. I've been riding a little. I've got a nice bike. It's got 20 gears. It's a racing bike. It's, it's built to go. It's built to ride a long distance. But as I was riding yesterday, every, every time I ride, I, I put my headphones in. I, I, I listen to podcasts or I listen to the Bible or I listen to worship music. And yesterday, God said, leave the headphones at home. I'm like, dude, it's a long way. Me and my thoughts, it's, uh, that's a long way. He said, leave it there. Do you know what I did for two hours as I rode? I prayed. And I thought about my family. And I prayed for things that are important. And then God started speaking to me. And he said, if you only had one speed, you wouldn't go as far. If, if you just had it, there's, there's some bikes that are fixed wheel, or there's BMXs, they've got one gear. He says, you don't go as far or as fast with one gear. That's like doing life without the Holy Spirit. You're limited to what you can do. You're limited to your effort. You're limited. But, but 
when the Holy Spirit becomes a part of our life and a part of our movement, our momentum in life, it's like getting gears on a bike, that I can select the gear according to what I face, whether it's a hill or it's a valley, whether it's a flat road where I've got a headwind or I've got a tailwind, I can adjust accordingly. The Holy Spirit wants to help you adjust to your circumstance, to the storm you may face, to the mountain you may be standing on. He he wants to help you get through what you do because you don't have to do it on your own. And we, we just drove to Sydney and for the, the better part of that trip, it's 110 k's an hour. But I can't do 110 k's an hour in first gear. Life without the Holy Spirit is like doing life in first gear. I'll get there eventually, but it's clunky. And I'll get there eventually, but things will burn out. Things will wear out. Uh, I'll break down on the side of the road. Hello, I've been there. I've done life in first gear. I, I want to I drop the clutch and go to second. Let's go to third. Let's, let's bring it right up to top gear so we effectively can move forward in life. The Holy Spirit wants to bring effectiveness to your life and to your walk. He wants to lubricate and, and for it to be smooth. Okay, so the first way to get unstuck is to wait. The second way is to speak. I love that whole message about prophecy. Don't speak about your mountain. Don't speak about your challenge. Speak to it. Because every single one of us is challenged by something. And what I love there, and Pastor Phil was referencing Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1, it says, before I formed you, the Creator created you. He knows you. He, but before He knew you, before I formed you, and I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. There is a word on the inside of you waiting to come out. There is a word on the inside of you that holds power, that that will release the miraculous, that will shift and change atmospheres and circumstances. You don't have to be tossed and and buffeted around by the storms of life. You can actually speak to the storm and say, quiet, be still. Why? Because Jesus did. And Jesus says, greater things you will do than even I did. You have the authority of God on the inside of you by faith. You just got to, is, is this all right this morning? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just speaking myself happy. So is, speak into being. Don't live subject to circumstance. You start opening your mouth. The Bible says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. God wants to fill your mouth with creative words that shape your future. What your future lo- looks like is on you. What my future looks like is on me. I got to speak towards. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get positive. And I know so many people that, are, that undo their life, that undo their future by the words that come out of their mouth. Everything's pessimistic. Everything's it's, it's negative. Everything's withholding and it's living in the past and it's got no future attached to it. But I love this uh, in Romans 4.17 where it says, basically saying that speak into being that which is not as though it is. God from nothing created everything. What can he create in your nothingness right now? Through your mouth, through your declarations, through my, my business is thriving, my marriage is fantastic, my health is improved. What can God do through the declaration of your mouth? Speak into being. And like I said, Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. We have the ability from this one mouth to speak death or life, blessings or cursings. And, and the Bible says that God sets before us death and life, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life. It's on you. Make a choice today. I am a victor, not a victim. 
I am full of life. It's not draining from me. I have vision for the, for the future. I may have been limited in the past, but I'm set free for my future. There is nothing that can hold you back when you walk in Christ. When you walk filled with the Spirit of God, you've got faith in your heart, vision in your mind. There is nothing that can hold you back. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's power enough, great enough to build or to break a world. Don't, don't pull down your life. Don't pull down your future through the things that you declare. And I, I just want to ask you this morning, what are you speaking over yourself, your family, your tomorrow? What is it? Is it, is it life's tough? I can't seem to make ends meet. I'm sick. I'm a loser. I'm broke. I'll never make it. Or is it life is great? Life is an adventure. I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. I believe. I'm excited. I'm strong. I'm blessed. I'm a joyful person. I can't lose. When you start speaking those things, eventually you'll start believing those things. And this isn't the power of positive thought. This is the declaration of faith. This is, I am, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through. I'm going to get over. I'm gonna. The Bible says, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believing that you receive them, you will have them. It says in James, it says, ask for anything. If you lack something, ask for it, but only ask in faith. Because if you ask in doubt, it's, you're like a, a person that's, that's got, no, got no gumption. You, you're like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. You shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. But when you ask God in faith, you can expect to receive everything you ask. Because God is faithful to his word. Amen. So I'm telling you, and I want you to come on the journey. Let's get unstuck. Let's, let, let's wait and let us declare. Let's wait on God. Let's hear from the spirit of God. Let's get a download from God. And let's declare of the faith that's been deposited on the inside. In Ezekiel 37, then we're going to pray. So maybe the team could come back up. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones then he caused me to pass by them all around behold there were there were many in the valley and indeed it was very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live i felt like god said to me that there are people here that feel like they're in a valley surrounded by death death all around no future no hope and he would pose the same question to you this morning can your death live again can life rule and reign in the midst of that valley and I want to challenge you this morning, because I'm sure some of you are bringing to mind situations and circumstances right now, but God would say to each of us here this morning, can those bones live? Can life return? Can we see dreams revitalized? Can we see a future beyond the cloud? Son of man, and so I answered, oh Lord God, you know, great answer. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I love this. So it goes, so I prophesied as I was commanded, boldness, courage, confidence, speak with authority. So I prophesied, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, and indeed I looked, the sinews, the flesh came upon them, the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me also, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. 
and breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves, cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I've opened your graves. O my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. Speak to the slain. Speak to the dead. Speak to the broken. Speak to the hurting. Speak to the lost. Speak to the visionless. What are you speaking to today? What are you going to declare over your life, over your future? I want us to push back darkness as a church. I want to stand up together and I want to say, you know what, I believe. And even if I'm not certain, I choose today to believe that God, you have a good day ahead for me. That tomorrow is going to be a better day. That there is a future and a hope. Don't let yourself get pushed around in life. Don't let yourself be battered around by emotions and thoughts and feelings and hurts. I don't want to live by emotions. I want to live by principle. I want to live, you know, in faith, believing that He is my rock, my anchor, the strength in my life, that all that He has said, all that He has declared is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. Acts 2.17 says, It will come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. And on my servants, my men servants, my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I want you to prophesy this morning. I want to wait on God. We're going to worship and then I'm just going to open this altar. But I want you from the inside to start declaring what's going to you're going to see in the future i want you to prophesy to your family i want you to prophesy to your finances i want you to prophesy to your health i want you to prophesy to your emotions and say line up with the will of god line up with how i was created line up with what god has for me in the future amen come on let's put our hands together for god thanks for listening to the c3 church noosa podcast for more life-changing messages visit us online at c3noosa.org If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.